0: I'm Tom Francis, and this is Next Up to the Mic, featuring readings and performances from the poets and spoken word artists that have appeared at regional events such as Albany Poets Presents, Poets Speak Loud, Brass Tacks, Nitty Gritty Slam, and the Albany Word Fest. In this episode, we welcome Melody Davis, who is our featured poet at the Poets Speak Loud open mic series at McGeary's in downtown Albany on April 30th, 2018. Melanie Davis, a writer and art historian, is the author of three poetry collections, most recently a special edition of artist book One Ground Beetle and Holding the Curve from Broadstone Books. Her work in the history of photography has been published widely. In 2015, she published Women's Views, a narrative stereograph in 19th century America with University Press of New Hampshire. Davis has held fellowships from the National Endowment for the Arts, the Henry Luce Foundation, the Pennsylvania Council of the Arts, Metro Arts Pennsylvania, and she was a finalist in the National Poetry Series. She holds a PhD from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York and is an Associate Professor of Art History at Russell Sage College in Troy, New York. Please welcome, next up to the mic, Melody Davis.
1: I began to write one haiku a day because I was losing my mind. And I wanted one part of every day to be mine. <laughs> oh, sure, you can, can you hear me now? Yeah. One haiku a day, <laughs> because I was losing my mind. After 365 days, I couldn't stop. I said, is this an obsession? I don't know. But I bought, brought together a collection of 150 of them and sent them to my friend, Harold Loner, who is a great printmaker, and I said, you want to do like a jazz thing, like my poems and your art, and we kind of riff off each other? he goes, Yeah, I love them. So out of that came One Ground Beetle with Harold Lohner's beautiful prints, which he made with potatoes. Potatoes, stamped them, amazing. And then colorized them in Photoshop. And he didn't know that potatoes were my favorite food. But so One Ground Beetle is a book of haiku and prints potato prints that are all colorized. I'll show you some pictures as we go along. And it had the great luck of being an exhibit that went to three places. It traveled, so we were all happy. And we did this commemorative edition 50 artist books. One ground beetle a year in haiku. Oh, and he did this whole seasonal color palette. Oh my god, he's great. So because we've had such a long winter, We'll start with a poem that was actually written in November, but I think it fits now. And because haiku are really short, I'll read it slow. <laughs> You're kidding me, son. Gone whoring for two weeks, and you break in beaming? Light color palette, winter. Winter. I think I want to read this one. Go back. Tao of trees. Seek light. Grow straight, tall. <gasps> Root deep. Branch out. Be a house. Become the forest. That's what that one looks like. Beautiful. I think his art upstage is my poem, but I'm glad for it. <laughs> Albany Gray, first clear day in years, no months, no years, no ever. Your place or mine, blue. <laughs> and chaise. chair in the sun, make candy of my bones, old God, no thoughts till supper. Yeah, they're great. You'll definitely want a copy. <laughs> um, 419. Red buds break open exquisite wounds. How close is hurt to perfect things. Okay. And, uh, This is about work. It's called Meetings. I try to ignore the sound of machines shifting sets, actors, same script. (laughs) And this is called Emerita, and it's from my favorite commencement. Because I'm faculty, once a year, they dress up the old people like me in these big robes, and we parade around, and, you know, we get to, like, applaud for hours. And my favorite commencement, a bird, went on the the dais and began eating all the flowers. I called her Emerita. Bird on podium. Commencement speaker who eats the chrysanthemums. There we have the wheels and the bird. He did these all oh, with potatoes. He said he confessed. I see. He said, I had to use a few rubber stamps. It's OK. I won't tell. I just did. Cats regard the world with a noble nose aloft, peasants with shrewd eyes. That's one of my favorite ones. No, that's a good one. When I was little, I used to eat the clouds. They tasted like open. Isn't it great? It's great. It makes my little poem so much better. I'll take it. And what about rain? Haiku is rain, words to ground water, water, to cup, cup, to haiku. If you hope you can see it. I'm holding it up quickly. A couple more. Have you noticed all the stones around these parts are round, like you dig something up in your garden, you get a round stone? That's because of glaciers. I know I studied geography or geology, that too. It was, my, uh, it was my science, science elective in college. Round stones in the field plowed up like Greek pots, battles with glaciers still told. full sun on my face, after the middle of my life, warmth, clarity. Potatoes. Potatoes, it's a genius. High places with wind, what it felt like to parent, my arms edge expanse. And this ties into a poem with uh, red. Please. Please. Yeah. I'll read that the red poem. Red leaved tree in fog, distant sounds like years, flicker calls, child, child. The One Ground Beetle, currently at a poet near you. <laughs> um, and this is from, I'm going to read a couple bo- um, poems from my book called Holding the Curve, which came out a few years ago from Broadstone Books. And St. Larry, that's what I call my publisher. Anybody who publishes poetry books today is a saint. <laughs> Gustav KayaBot is a realist painter. And this is my response to um, a painting of his called Laundry Drying Along the Seine. Kayabat's Laundry. He understood the need of clothes to be birds, the putting on of feathers by sheets whose ambition exceeded their lines, the close buttons at shirt cuffs dreaming their swans diving beneath the water. In motion, the clothes resembled both bird and fish, and drying, they ran up their credit of air in a couple of hours when form had power over sown fate, when it resembled wish, and shirts and sheets borrowed lungs to tear with sharp breaths against their tether. He understood... The dance to spite in escapable order. What's torn seem to seem can still make a door. So I realized, going through this book, that just a whole lot of poems are about driving and leaving. And there's like this sub metaphor in the book about leaving. And I know what that's from, but you'll just have to guess. This is a real person. And a real event, not that it matters, but it's for him. Walter, the lawyer. Walter, the lawyer, who talked about art, collected pots, wrote poetry, lived on a boat thin tethered to the city, drinking till he passed out, all peers unmoored and nobody else's damn business. Walter the Clown, the vodka for water, volleyball player, tripper up on nets, fish-dangling hands, suspended in laughter, cocktail shaker, walk. Walter, chucka chucka boom everybody having fun. One of the barristered few who actually talked to me. Attorney's wife, poetess, something like that. Walter, I was the one who didn't laugh on cue at, what a cut-up, what a goof, I said you were killing yourself. Pier to pyre, your boat soon made the crossing. Brilliant that night on the Hudson, pulsing columns of fire doubled in water, smudged plumage across the enormity of black, while you floated between and breathed deep all the cigarettes you ever smoked in your grand finale fuck off to anything sized like sympathy. Thank you. So I like to write form poems when I can. And uh, this is a Villanelle. Oh, the Kayabat was a sonnet. Just thought I'd let you know. You know, I like to write them subtly, though. So you read a sonnet and you can't even really tell it's a sonnet until you kind of like, wait, is that 14 lines? And does that rhyme? Up? Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> It only starts, but this is a Villanelle. And a Villanelle you can't describe, uh, hide because all the repetition. The American road is our art, pure the process of leaving. Driving doesn't end, it only starts as the radio feeds a secret part of the brain that's always running the American road. Our art has no destination though it departs and the eyes never full keep filling. Driving doesn't end. It only starts when the land curls under the car as though it were another way of seeing the American road, our art, our music, our motion, our world spinning by on a string. Driving doesn't end. It only starts the drug of this country, too near and far where place is endless, beginning on the American road, an art of driving that doesn't end. It only starts. Thank you. And this comes from when I was in Cairo for a short while. and. Everybody shops in Cairo between 10 PM and midnight. And I found this homeless boy who was selling jasmine flowers. And we had this wonderful conversation. He completely in Arabic, me in English. and I bought some flowers from him, which smelled unbelievable. Jasmine boy, Cairo. Paradise on a thread. Through the pack of cars, no lanes in Cairo. He strings his slenderness, holding night flowers to windows, fragile strands to dangle from rearview mirrors, so that every place ahead is also a place looking back. This scent Egyptians call the pillow I left her upon. At a quarter to twelve, Cairo is shop- soft and shops are closing. A navy light drifts across the tombs and faded canals the desert unties her scarf and heat falls down inside the arms cars come loose from their stream slowly unraveling threads one bead of sweat runs down a cool clay jar The boy brags about his shirt, puffing his chest and stroking the words Dolce E Gabbana, a kind of place for him, I think, and smile and tell him to be home, though I know he has none. We walk and talk together a while, neither understanding a word of the other, but Jasmine Yasmin, this scent I steal from him at 20 times the price. I'm going to read a new old poem old because it was written after 9-11 entered into a contest and won the dubious distinction of honorable mention (laughs) and I'm always like you know (laughs) oh why that (laughs) why not first or second or third place at least but honorable mention it was, and then I looked at it again, putting together my new book, which is being shopped around, and I said, ah, "I can make this honorable mention better." And I ripped it apart. It was really long; it was an epic. Now it's a shorter epic. It's called the Ordervery, for a restaurant that used to be at the top of the World Trade Center. For the price of a drink, it was yours. For the occasion you put on heels or a tie. Oh, if this were Babels, we were Babylonian. The rings on our hands, spoken glasses. Soft la- lamps on lips, a tip of the head. Fingers shaping phrases, at once excited and blasé. We were always talking a bit too fast, pretending we knew a little bit more. Our ennui pure cover. Nobody sat there without being pleased with himself without far more than reason afforded expectation. Casting into a darkness that now came close and sat obediently on the table, and in a sweep spilled over the bay, unfolding the envelope of night and folding it back, talk a ripe plum dangling lit off one spot. Dark fell between the tables, and quiet fell, mauve and particular open and far, As the fabric of every world bunched from great looms, And we wore the edge of a quenchless mantle, glittering lamps on regular hems, hems, the surge of grids bright fastened and endless. The highways in their milky streams along the coast, And beyond, a dark scattered with shining pins, a small deep step to every port, dark that makes possible every light, that promises easily nothing to distance but wind, darkness whispered low to us and swore she were ours. To extremity I was born, and I have loved excess, my share of sin, I have wallowed in eagle Ego expanding, loving the world, in awe of pride, vanity, and all that's half talent and rage. And I have loved what I had, without regret, when others have never presumed as much, when others have stood so much raw strength, cities built on their backs, It is never fair, but hell, I was just having a drink. We were all just having a drink, a look, a meal, an office, a business, a way to get on. If the road's open, do you worry that someone can't get to it? Did I worry that someone couldn't understand the theory? I wrote books, as Babylonians will. And books build minds, even in the tongues of Babel. Two. The towers are ash, people are ash, broad stairways, empty soak in dust, vast as ancient tombs, crumbled upon their core. Their treasure is a million papers cast upon the sidewalks like so many pearly shells. A storm spills. Here a resume, there disaster protocol. Balance sheets, seesaw in the breeze. Memorandums float like coughs. Confidentials all over the street. What's left of these people are pages and ash falling soft and lethal on pulverized slabs with just one window now full sun. A sift Of powdery bone and burn on displaced mast. Heaved streets, jagged little edges, thickening in dust. Glass and plastic, bone and wood, metal, asbestos, concrete, and God knows what, descending on the pile. They call it the pile. Offerings to extinction. Bits the gods spit out. A wire, a phone, a picture frame, a foot a pylon like a beachhead what flew, but mostly you could cup them in your palm, puff your cheeks and... (laughs) But the stench of bodies will not move. Lodged in Manhattan, crushed in granite, putrefaction, electrical burn. You cannot go anywhere without the smell, and what makes good copy cannot be put here. Twenty-seven hundred fell into ash and entered every pore. Hold the mouth, but they will find their way to the windows before or behind the eyes, and they will jump that jump over and over as the truth of the body is the want of wings climbing to the sky and falling, and falling in motion, a structure. Three. After a while, it becomes routine. The footage, all tabletop, crumbling like a wedding cake. Where's the groom, wiping icing from his face? My nightmares start being funny, heart indying up. And I wake to stare at red, a secret code, the number of dead balance of my checking account, a sum I must justify to judges and God who pity me not. No, it's the clock, 12 damn 45. What fear does is eat your time. Days clicking away to document, investigate, medicate, therapeutiate, nights ratcheting up with voices, sucking at shingles, fingernailing the cocking, tap-tapping the screen, the numbers drifting, somebody pointing blame. What you overlooked? Some detail small enough to be the swinging door for a fly. And never will you find the money, the safe deposit box without address or key, where you've been hiding the years, defending your life, blinking 1245, 1245, 1245. To dream in numbers is the edge of madness. Do you have a corner of terror? And what do you do with it, my friend? Is it small enough? to hide? My terrorists, so personal, I speak of them softly. If you knew what I'd wished, you'd widen our social space, I do understand. You might even classify my disorder. Code number 1245. Spin the luminous dial till midnight stands on a pin. Poke a hole with it. Run with the bleeding wound. It's your wound, after all time stutters and stops where light never reaches in caverns and classified files in rises from the skin carried to work in long sleeves may no one notice sing what nobody sings of towers and deserts concerts and kindergartens sing of soldiers tight strung on stars alone in an emptiness only the soldier can know sing of ash the smell of burning, blood scattered like petals on glinting cement, the way sand drinks in whatever we give it. Sing of the bodies treated as body, the soul tight as green fruit to its stone. Sing of the child acquiescent underwater, filling out bubbles from sea caves, uncommonness hidden in dying reefs. Sing of people tracked like beasts, harvested data, the algorithms of desire. Sing from the betrayal of our tools. Sing from the kidnap of trust, the death of decency with enemies. Sing. Sing of privilege with refugees. Sing with nothing to eat, nowhere to go, living in fear. Raise up your hands and sing with the choir of hatred. Sing the shot. Sing post-truth and poetry's epitaph. Like a screaming angel, sing. I have one more? I'm getting the one sign. Thank you. That was long. You are patient. So, this is for Janine Antoni, who's an artist who was learning how to walk on the trapeze wire. And she said the first thing she learned was how to fall. Her instructor taught her eight different ways to fall. And I thought, eight different ways to fall? Well, I could think of more than that. But, eight different ways to fall for Janine Antoni. Fall solo to tangle the air, pull the threads of gravity. Fall together with a clap, two pieces of laughing toast. Fall by a quivering foot held aloft, divining a source. Fall to hold the ground, its hard, moist center, fingers drunk with dirt, spiral like a cat, trusting the void. An amphibian fall, the surface. Fall like the rain on a dolphin's back. The poem of the ripcord, like faith. Fall like my mother's thin bones, the space between our hands. As the first fall, fall, head plunging into the shrill, encompassing air. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to Next Up to the Mic. We couldn't do it without the very generous supporters of local poetry and spoken word. If you would like to support this and other Albany Poets projects, please go to albanypoets.com donate. And if you're a business and want to sponsor this podcast, send an email to albanypoets at gmail.com. To find out more about the great poetry and spoken word community right here in upstate New York, go to albanypoets.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Albany Poets.